Hello and welcome to So Divine. I'm Megan Skinner. And I'm Stephanie Galling. And this is our monthly astrology and tarot podcast where we take a look at the celestial landscape, what's happening in the stars. We pick a tarot card to fit the vibe, all with an eye towards inspiration and helping you to lead a conscious life. And I have to do a disclaimer before I welcome Miss <laughs> Stephanie here. I'm in a construction zone right now. So if you, that feels very Uranian to me, you know, it's like, please, can you be quiet for a half hour? But no. So anyway, if you hear any background noise, please ignore it. Um, I've just got some construction going on here. So hello, Stephanie. Hi, Megan. (laughs) So, and hello, April. This is uh, our podcast for April. So let's just dig in. Let's unpack the month, astrologically speaking. And then of course, we'll get to the tarot card for April as well. And so as we kind of get into the month, at least in the beginning, the first couple of weeks, there's definitely uh, what I would describe as like a fluid energy. There's more of a harmonious energy. Um, There's just a little bit of an ease here astrologically. And the reason for that is we have a bunch of planets in sextile with one another. And sextile, of course, is an astrological aspect about the relationship between planets. And the way I would describe a sextile is plays well with others. And so there's like this energy, at least in the beginning, where certain planets have this, like they're playing together in harmony. So let's start there. Let's talk about what those planets are. Yeah. And so right up until probably like the 11th or so by before that new moon, like there is just this like the, I would say the people, not the people, the planets are playing well <laughs> together, poetically speaking, right? In the beginning, we have Mercury, the planet of communication, playing well with Pluto. So what might this mean? It might be, you know, we are called to dig deeper and, you know, go go another layer in terms of like wanting to understand something, wanting to learn something or speaking about things or being interested in things that are less mundane and more um, deep and transformational. We have Venus and Mars in this playing well together sex style. <laughs> so we may very well have where we feel this alignment between what we love Venus and what we desire Mars. Later on around the 10th, we also have a sex style between Mercury, you know, communication and Saturn. So it may also be that we feel like, you know what, I'm willing to put the time in to like to speak more clearly. I'm willing to take the time and to like re-edit this piece of, you know, this article that I'm working on. Like we just, um, you know, in that we want to craft something and we don't, it's not like, oh, don't cut corners. It's more, I want to put the work in, right? Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that this is solid and it feels really rewarding. Yeah. That feels so Saturn, you know, and having Saturn Saturn an aspect to Mercury, which is the communication and how you think and, and, and writing and words. And so I think it's great to be mindful about this kind of more harmonious time so we can make use of it, you know, because as we'll get into it, things will shift and we'll start rocking and rolling again. So maybe let's talk a little bit, and you've mentioned some things here about how we can work with more of this harmonious energy. 
when I think about Venus and Mars playing well together, that that's always a lovely thing because, Very you lovely. know, Venus is our, you know, more of our feminine energy symbolically, it's relationships, it's what we enjoy. And then Mars is more that masculine, get out there, go, go, go. So it's kind of nice that they're in this relationship together. Yeah, without question, right? There just feels like there's this, these moments of like where, again, there's this ease, right? There's yeah. not really this push. There's just this ability to flow. The one thing we do have to sort of, you know, superimpose on that, though, is on the March, I'm sorry, March, I'm on the other month. In April 9th, we do have a square, right, between Mars, which is the ruler of Aries and we're in Aries season, and Neptune. Yeah. So while you're in this sort of flow and you're seeing these things, feeling these things aligned, Mars-Neptune could feel at some point that, like, our energy is just really depleted. Like Neptune often makes things yeah. disappear and Mars is also that like fuel. So I think yeah. it's just really important around the ninth to take stock of your energy, right? Yeah. Don't push yourself too hard. Like really find a pace that feels sustainable so that you don't find yourself sort of running at like on an unrealistic speed, which could be very Neptune. And then all of a sudden just feel like, oh, like a puddle on the floor. <laughs> Neptune, yeah, yeah, it definitely has the p- puddle potential, the puddle right? Potential, especially with Mars. Like you're saying, you know, it wants to get things done, and it's so energetic. And Neptune's just that kind of watery, you know, is it real? Is it not real? So maybe just watching also the fluctuations, you know, in the energy, and really paying attention, maybe a little bit more intuitively, about sure. what feels right and what doesn't feel right, and and not pushing the river. It's also mm-hmm. interesting that, you know, here we are in this very fluid, the, the planets are playing well together. And then we hit like that March, March, excuse me, Mars, Neptune square on the ninth, And all of a sudden yep. things yeah. are starting to shift. And then we get into the, uh, the Aries new moon um, on April the 11th. And what's interesting about this is it's also, we've got a Venus Pluto square at the same time, and it joins into that moon. So as we were looking at this and talking about it, I think the word that we came up with was sticky. <laughs> it just feels all a little bit sticky because we have that Aries new moon. It wants to go get things done, but here's Venus, you know, you know what we value, what we love in this square, this challenging aspect with Pluto, dig deeper, what's going on underneath the surface. So this could be an interesting couple of days. Yeah, for sure, right? Like here's that Aries new moon. So we have the sun and the moon in Aries close by as Venus in Aries. So it seems like what we're beginning and what we're initiating, we really should use that sense of like, what has me feel in my most value? What that would it be that I could be that I could start that I could create that I could intention that would have my life feel more rich that would inspire a sense of worthiness and worth and yeah that would be sort of like end of story end of chapter end of book if there was not that Pluto square to all of that mm-hmm. so it does really feel like. On this one level, we do need to call in towards, right? Also, Venus, our relationships. What do you want to start in terms of a relationship or new dynamic in a relationship? But not just something that's on the surface, something that will actually help you to take 
things deeper and whether that's like I'm more deeply claiming, like I'm moving through my fears or my self-limiting narratives to more deeply claim my value and that I'm going to initiate from there or I'm going to go beyond like my fears of intimacy and partnering, right? That's the Pluto so that I can start something that has that depth and that meaning, you know, but I do think that we want to watch during this time about like Pluto could be those like, you know, unconscious motivations or our fears or those like sort of wah, wah that are like below the <laughs> surface and to bring them up to the surface to be conscious. If not, they may compromise or even hijack, right? Our, you know, what it is that we want to start and our courage, very Aries, in initiating, you know, in, in the advent of something new. Yeah, I love that you're, you know, you're bringing up and using the word intimacy, because this does have that feel of like digging into those deeper levels of intimacy and that potential. And of course, that does make us, you know, look at things and work through things and be open and maybe even vulnerable in in some new ways. And, you know, just to, um, in, in context, Venus is in Aries. Um, right now, it will move into Taurus a little bit later, I think on the 14th. But Venus and Aries joins the new moon and then the the Pluto square is in the sign of Capricorn. So once again, we've got that Aries kind of fiery, get it done energy. And, and then that Capricorn, you know, just like slow down there, Sparky. You yeah. know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, let's make sure that what you're doing is sustainable and, you know, color inside the lines, right? So again, that's like all this kind of conflicted energy going on. Yeah. And I can't imagine too, if we're not clear that it may seem like, you know, Aries, like I have this sense of instinct, right? In terms of like what I want to champion or what I want to fight for, how I want to assert myself. But here comes Pluto. If I do, will all these other things in my life blow up? Right. Like it's almost because that's very Pluto that like hidden fear of like, I'm just going to destroy things or things are going to crumble or tumble. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's it's like seeing, you know, watching that and just looking to see like, where is that coming from? Where is that fear coming from? Right. Is that from some old pattern, some old story? Okay, after we get out of the emotional intensity of that, really, if we like invite a friend over or call up someone for a date or like ask for a raise or decide to like you know, do something with art, is our life really going to blow up? Like, that's how I would really sort of ask, you know, we should ask ourselves that, like, or wait, no, it's just that I'm tapping into something that is deeper. And of course, it's scary, but it's also safe. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I also think that's interesting, because I think sometimes things need to be blown up a little bit, you know, isn't that so Plutonian? It's that volcanic eruption, you know, that underground kind of coming up to the surface, like you're saying. And so I guess also sometimes, especially with that Aries energy, maybe things will blow up. But of course, if we can hold it in the context of perhaps healing or movement and just knowing that if it does, that there's an opportunity, Right, to release something, to heal something, to get clear about something. 
Beautiful, beautifully yeah. said. So that could be a little bit of a volatile time. So let's move forward a bit. So, you know, here we are. We started with all this harmonious energy and we're building. It's getting a little bit more chaotic. And then by the time we hit about April, what, what, April 19th, right? That That's Earth Day. And no, so no, that's the, the 22nd Earth Day. The 19th is when the sun goes into Taurus. Okay. Okay. So on the twenty second. Oh, that's right. Okay. So we've got uh, you know Taurus on the 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 nineteenth, right? And then we have on you're saying on the twenty second, we've got zippity doo We've got a Venus Uranus conjunction, and that's also Earth Day. So let's talk about because the rest of the month is very Uranian. Uranus is going to be aspecting a bunch of planets. So let's start with Uranus uh, squaring. Uh, oh, excuse me, conjuncting Venus. So they're joining together. Yeah, and it's really interesting because since we have all year that Saturn Uranus square. We have Uranus and Saturn connecting to Venus, exactly as you said that day with Venus and Uranus, and then with Mercury. So it's like it's in the crosshairs of that push-pull <laughs> between the old guard and the vanguard. They're like, follow the rules and draw inside the lines and like, what minds? Like, let's be creative, right? That sort of whole push-pull that we have. But Venus-Uranus itself on the 22nd, would be also this call to not stay so tight in terms of how you define who and what you love and how it is that you love, what it is that you find beautiful and pleasurable. Like, shake it up. I mean, it could be something as like simple as like, I always wear red nail polish, like wear orange, wear blue, like just go outside of either your comfort zone or your usual, you know, open your sort of expand your horizons when it comes to like, you know, things that bring you enjoyment or pleasure, you know, Uranus wants things not to be so like calcified and just that continual go to go to go to. Yeah. And the, and you but yet expect the unexpected and surprises yes. perhaps when it comes to relationships. And again, that could be something like, oh, no, I didn't see that coming. But it could also be like, oh, my God, my friend Sally Ann just called me up. I haven't heard from her in so long. Like that could be a beautiful Venus Uranus surprise. So, but again, expect the unexpected when it comes to all things Venusian, pleasure, yeah. beauty, relationships, love, and you know, what you find harmonious and valuable. Right, right. And of course, this is all happening in the sign of Taurus and because Venus has shifted into Taurus. And, you know, Stephanie, I, I, I'm trying to hold back, but I'm just I'm just going to go ahead and say it because I think that there's a there's it, something it, here that it. really applies. Stay bouncy. Oh, we love our stay bouncy. <laughs> I mean, because like that, right? This is the time, like hashtag stay bouncy, right? And with that Uranus energy, you really want to like be like open to in the moment to going with the flow and just trusting that maybe divine right timing or divine right intervention, that if something is coming up, if like a wrench is getting thrown into something, maybe it's a divine wrench. Maybe exactly. it's like wrenching you out of... Uh, an old pattern or way of being again to like help you expand and have a bigger picture, which is all so Uranian. And so, and it continues, this energy continues, right? Because then we've got, um, we, with Venus, we've got, a, uh, on the 25th, we've got a Venus Saturn square. We've got a Mercury Saturn square 
and we have a Mercury Venus conjunction. I don't even know where to start with all of that. <laughs> okay, well, so yeah, I guess to no. think about like on the, like if we think about like from the twenty second to the twenty fourth, right? There's like that Uranus, Saturn, and Venus and Mercury thrown in the mix. So also yeah, like what yeah. we just said for Venus, the same thing applies to Mercury. Like unexpected information. Didn't see that coming. Didn't expect to hear it from you. Didn't expect that you to act this certain way in a conversation, you know, but it could also be that drawing forth of, you know, I'm doing a research project and my go-to re- websites, let's say, or books are these eight. Come Mercury Uranus, it's, pre- okay, Yabby's yeah, eight. What else is there, right? Just uh-huh. really like go to un- you know, you're un, the unusual, right? The unrelied upon, broaden mm-hmm. your horizons, you know? And also you may find when Mercury is with Uranus and Saturn is, you know, this desire to have breakthroughs in communications or to know mm-hmm. that like what you write, what you speak, what you design, um, that there may be a new avenues or new ways to do that. That said, you might also come across, de- you know, um, detours occurring like, oh, I wanted to like send this thing out to the person and the post office is now um, closed, you know, so it's yeah. like you just have to be bouncy too in terms of <laughs> how it is that you know what you know and how you put that message across. Yeah, and I think with all that mercury energy, right, being aspected and you're talking about words and communication, I also feel like, you know, Mercury is how we think and how we perceive and that there could be openings in looking at things differently, thinking about things differently and being open to that. You know, like you're saying, be open to new ways of doing things and be open to maybe looking at things differently. Like, you know, don't just fall back on this is what I think and this is what I know and this is how it's always been. So it could actually be kind of inspirational too in that regards of like getting a whole new insight about something and like where once I, you know, thought about it this way, now I think about it that way. So that I think could be really a nice part of this. Oh my God. Such a nice part of it. Right. Like that questioning assumptions and also just like, also to think for yourself, right. And the things that you create, like, and what else and how else, right? Like use the inventiveness of this time period, this desire, this sort of not desire, this invitation to experiment and try things on, you know, and just see like, and what else, like, and how else? So, yeah, Yeah, that's great. That's great. Because it it just, you know, it's really that kind of being more in the flow and also being open and looking forward to the possibility of new insight and new inspiration coming in. I think I think that's really great for that time. So let's push on. (laughs) But not too far, because then right on the heels of all that. So what's next, Stephanie? It's the Scorpio full moon. And why are we saying it like that? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's always like Scorpio full moon to me is always, I always think it's the most intense full moon or one of the most intense full moons. And why is that? Because we have that Scorpio energy, which is so, you know, those deeper feelings and emotions, you know, that's Pluto's 
ruling um, sign. And so with the with that full moon, which is tends to intensify and illuminate everything that's happening, I would say that's the that's the full moon where they really do put more staff on at the hospital <laughs> or with the police department, because I think our buttons tend to get pushed with that Scorpio energy. And sometimes it brings up not feeling in control or that fear energy. So um, let's talk a little bit about that because then the very next day, so the full moon's on the 26th, and then the very next day, Pluto stations retrograde. So we've got Scorpio and we've got Pluto. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing because, right, like every year we have both of those, right? But they're sometimes, oftentimes, like there's a little bit of a breather between them. And then they're just like right there at that moment, like that full moon call to go deeper, to dig in, to, you know, be open to what feelings deeply arise. You know, I do, I do agree with you. I think that that Scorpio full moon is one of the most intense. I also think because to it, it does call us though. It's also very sexy and very sultry, oh, right? Yeah. Because let's, the sun's in Taurus. Let us which not is, forget. Yes. Right. I mean, the sun's in Taurus, which is all about like nature, mm. sensuality and embodiment. Yes. And that sort of pleasure. And Scorpio is about like passion and desire mm. and connection. Mm. So, well, I'll yeah. just say this, like, and there's many ways you can do this. So don't just think it's just one thing, but like, just invite in the sultry, you know, invite in the steamy, invite yeah. in the sensual, like whatever it is that turns you on. She's getting hot over there. Um, <laughs> And, and especially because then you're right on, right on the heels where we're in the midst of that Pluto station. And again, when a planet stations, either turning direct or turning retrograde, it days before and after it's quite intense and it's quite powerful. It's very high level. So a Scorpio full moon and Pluto is high level. You know, it is a time of letting go and releasing. Mm. You know, it's a time of like mm-hmm. seeing what's reached its expiration yes. date. It's a p- yeah. time of like sloughing. Here's some other words, exfoliating, purging, you know, purging like, okay, these buried feelings in myself, I'm, they're going to come out. I'm going to express them. Purging like the back of your refrigerator, like what's hiding there that like it's taking up space. <laughs> it doesn't feel very sultry or sexy. To me. <laughs> well, no, no, but maybe purging. you're right. That, well, so maybe you're like you you do that and you're like, oh yeah, that champagne is bad, so I'm going to buy a new one. Oh, like, there you go. There's some sort of <laughs> right. You're right. <laughs> Wait, wait, I was at, I was still at sultry. <laughs> Where did we get to the back of the picture? <laughs> You're saying it. So that there is, of course, with that Scorpio death and rebirth and transformation and regeneration and transmutation that, yes, there is the opportunity of the snake shedding the skin and, and getting rid of that stuff. So it's it's a must. I mean, I think it's really important, especially with that. I mean, to like do that consciously, to do that proactively, because the call is to do that. And rather like, I mean, this is the irony. Like I always say, like, you kind of can't game the universe. But yet, if you know the way that things are, you can use those energies, right? Absolutely. So there is this, and especially because Pluto is the planet that reminds us about control that you really don't have any or don't have, you have choice, <laughs> but you don't have, you know, it's a bigger 
It's a bigger world than just us. Um, you know, yes. we may come across with Scorpio and Pluto like themes of power. Who has it? Who doesn't? I want it. How do I feel more empowered? Control. Like, I want control. They're trying to pull too much control from me. You know, my, realizing that what we do have in terms of control is our choice and choosing mm-hmm. deeply and choosing mm-hmm. an alignment with our mm-hmm desires. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's a heavy time. I mean, another theme, right, with Scorpio and Pluto is death, death and rebirth. So things could feel like a deep sense of urgency. I think it's really important during that time Mm -hmm. to be, if you're like, oh my God, this uh, decision of what I'm going to have for lunch feels like a life or death decision. (laughs) It's like, it could feel that way, right? Because there's just Pluto and Scorpio in the air. But then you like pull back and you're like, tomorrow will be another lunch. Like, it's not. That's right. That's right. Yes. So it's it's not all, every moment's not all death and rebirth, right? Exactly. To like know how to kind of like whew, lighten it all up a little bit. And, and it's great that you're also mentioning, you know, that, you know, as we're aware of these energies, then we can work with them. That's why we do this podcast, right? Exactly. Is that's why we're astrologers is we love looking at what the energies are, you know, so we can be in alignment with them and work with them. And so again, so, cause we're going to talk about the tarot card in, in just a moment. We have a fun surprise there. But you know, if we were just kind of like as we're talking, I'm like just looking at the the month in context. So it starts out with this fluid, kind of harmonious <laughs> energy. We hit that square on the ninth, things start to get more intense. We have the the new moon kind of parties over, digging in deeper. And then we get towards the end of the month and we're all over the map, zippity doo dot Uranus. And it's more towards that end of the month where there, I think there is going to be more potential for breaking through and moving through stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, like those so beautiful how you said that too. And it's a sequence, right? Like yes, we're yes. in the flow and maybe we're gathering a sense of sort of ease and like sort of re- replenishing ourselves mm-hmm. so that then there's that breakthrough and that initiation. And then there, and I love what you said about like, it's all over the map in terms of Uranus. I think we have to remember yeah. when it is Uranian times, it's okay to be a bit over all over the map. Yes. Yes. Right. Cause it's yes. like, Oh, well what's over here and what's over here. And then we take all of that and that sort of shake up. And then there's those deep breakthroughs. Mm-hmm. Right. So, mm-hmm. yes. And speaking of Uranus and it's all over the map, things up and doing things differently. So do you think did we, we, get a, we were thinking about what the tarot card for the month would be? And we thought, why? Well, let's just be Uranian and we'll pick a, a card right here, right, right now. now on the spot. I've got my deck of cards. I'm going to do a brief little shru- shruffle, shuffle, <laughs> shruffle, shruffle, shruffle. I feel like I need a, a drum roll. So I would take a big Stephanie. Let's take a deep breath and let's see what the card for April is going to be. Ah, okay, wonderful. So, what is it? What is it? Well, for those of you that are watching us on YouTube, I'm holding it up. It is the King of Wands. And the King of Wands, this is great. The King of Wands is the King of Fire. And, you know, in the tro, in, in the suit of wands, fire really represents creativity and self-expression and individualization. And the, the King of Wands is really 
kind of the king of self-mastery. He's really kind of knows who he is. He knows what he's doing. And at the same time, he's very comfortable in his own skin. He's very comfortable in his uniqueness, his creativity. You know, he's fire. He doesn't hesitate to speak up and put himself out there. And I always say the, the king of wands is super popular. Everybody wants the king of wands at the party because the king of wands is worldly. And He's wise and, you know, he knows things and he's an embodiment of that wisdom. So as I'm thinking about this, I'm like, this is such a great card to pull for this month. And what I get with it is know who you are. You know, don't forget, like if you're having a wobbly moment, if your buttons are getting pushed, if you're in the the death and rebirth throes, is take a moment and just get back on that throne, the king of one throne, and take a deep breath and go, you know what? I know who I am. And whatever's going on out there around you, to just breathe into that sense of strength and that sense of self. And, you know, that there's power and strength there. And you might have to breathe into it, but it's kind of like, you got this. Don't, don't, don't hesitate to get on the throne. You know, in all the many years that we've talked to, we've talked about the tarot cards, like you just added some, another thing that is so tangible for me and helpful is that actually that visualization of getting back on the throne, (laughs) the throne that that when you sit there, like, you know, you yourself, you come back to yourself. Yeah. And to me, you know, symbolically, the throne is sovereignty. You know what I mean? So it's, you know, it's like, don't forget that sense of personal sovereignty, no matter what's going on out there. And, you know, the King of Wands is is also very fun. You know, he doesn't hesitate to like have a laugh or, you know, be creative about things. He's a very creative thinker. So, yeah, you know, I think that's also the beauty sometimes with the Tarot is how the different cards can relate to different things at different times. You know, so the King of Wands may represent something else somewhere else. But right here, this is kind of how he unfolds for for us right now. And let me ask a question. If I remember correctly, wands are associated with fire, right? Yes, yes. And yes. fire being air, you know, Aries being a fire sign. I love that the king of wands like magically, divinely came up in this month of this powerful Aries new moon. Yes. So that's super cool. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. That's very fun. Okay. Well, I think it's time to wrap things up. But before we do this, I think that you have a uh, an announcement to make I... of uh, something very exciting that is coming up. Yes, that involves both of us. So on April 20th, my new book will be coming out, The Complete Guide to Astrological Self-Care. Thank you, thank Yay. you. Thank you. And in honor of that, and to celebrate that, I, with Megan, am going to be doing a live stream event um, from the beautiful Cloud Room Lounge in Seattle, where we're going to be talking all about astrology and its relationship to well-being and giving you some tips and tools on how to understand through looking at your own chart that you can help to curate and choose self-care practices that align most with you and talking about some, you know, tips from Mercury retrograde and other, you know, astrological times in your life. So it is on April 20th. It's a Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific time. It is free and you can get more information and register on my website at stephaniegaling.com. And, and of so, course, I'm thrilled, can I say, but I've say one of the most special things is that it's going to be you and I. 
that you and I are going to be in conversation. It's a so divine team. Thank you for including me in your celebration. And also, if people want to order the book, pre-order the book, where do they do that? Yes. So the book is available for pre-order pretty much everywhere, wherever you love to buy your books, your local bookstore or bookshop.com or Amazon or Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, anywhere. And if you buy, if you pre-order the book before the 19th, you get a special bonus sent to you before, which is a sneak peek of one of the flower essences for each of the signs. So information on that is also available on my website. Super, super duper. All right. Well, here we are completed another episode of So Divine and a big thanks out there to all of you and all of our listeners. And we love you and we love hearing from you. If you have any comments or questions, please reach out to us at sodivine.us. We love hearing from you. Love it. And big shout out to our producers, Nick Petri and Sebastiano Tecchio. And happy, magical, interesting April. See you next month.